Hey there, fellow financial adventurers. Welcome to another exciting episode of Money 911, where we're about to embark on a journey that will ignite your financial future. I am your enthusiastic guide, Chris Smeller, and today's episode is just like a shot of adrenaline for your success. Get ready because we're diving deep into the art of how to thrive under high demand. Before we jump in, make sure that you hit the subscribe button and turn on notifications because we're about to unleash a treasure trove of insights that will not only supercharge your productivity, but also transform the way that you view high pressure situations. Buckle up folks, it's time to thrive. Hey there, fellow financial adventurers. Welcome to another exciting episode of Money 911, where we're about to embark on a journey that will ignite your financial future. I am your enthusiastic guide, Chris Smeller, and today's episode is just like a shot of adrenaline for your success. Get ready because we're diving deep into the art of how to thrive under high demand. Before we jump in, make sure that you hit the subscribe button and turn on notifications because we're about to unleash a treasure trove of insights that will not only supercharge your productivity, but also transform the way that you view high pressure situations. Buckle up, folks. It's time to thrive. Welcome, everybody, to Money 911. And you heard the amazing intro about our friend, Dr. Core, Andy Core. And it's really an honor and pleasure to have you here today. Uh, the honor's all mine. I'm excited for our chat today. I, I really enjoy this kind of a conversation. I had a, a brain injury, pituitary tumor. And so I had to spend a lot of time learning how to, you know, get the brain and get the whole high performance thing back in line. So your expertise of thriving under high demand is nothing short than legendary. And maybe you could share with us what ignited your passion and what got you on this incredible journey. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. So my, my journey begins as a little kid where I was, I was surrounded by people who were very high intelligence, high charisma, really good looking people who consistently underachieved in their life. And, <laughs> and so being raised in that environment, I was always thinking to myself, gosh, why, why are these people not being more successful? You know? And so when you grow up like that, you find that you try to see the best in people all the time. I always expected the people who I meet and I always expect the best from them and want the best from them. I believe that we're hardworking adults are the solution to all the world's problems. The more we can get adults to working adults to reach their potential, the more we can solve all of our organizational issues, organizational growth and society as a whole. And so I've been doing this for 26 years. And so for the past 26 years, I've kind of grown from well-being to work-life balance to how to thrive under pressure to now this idea, I think, of being able to excel in conditions that oftentimes are challenging. You know, and that's what we're faced a lot in today's world is the challenges of 
rapid growth, disruption, and plus just the normal challenges that we face as being a human being. So my goal has always been to help working adults achieve more of their potential. That's fabulous because right now the days would be quick. And I mean, it is like still 24 hours, but it seems like less. And so the path, the pace, right? It just keeps going. I mean, I'm literally running from one room to another in a day just to keep up with it. It is going faster. There's no doubt. You know, everybody that I talk to says the same thing. Everything is moving very fast. So in that kind of bombardment and taking, you know, a lot of things coming out, what kind of a mindset shift or essential trait would empower individuals to not just survive, but to be able to thrive, to ride on top of the wave instead of being, you know, overcome by it? It's a great question. And it's what I, it's really been my primary focus, you know, it's not what really gets us motivated, but really what keeps us motivated and focused and present and grounded and at our best, right? So the world, the speed of change in, in today's world is, is faster than it's ever been, especially in the working context. Um, but then again, I think that happens, it happens, but there's always change and there's always disruption and there's always stressors and there's always massive opportunities. So I think it is about a perception shift. You know, there's some specific nuanced cases, you know, I think that deserve really to explore, you know, like for instance, in today's world, there's a big debate about working from home or working in office, you know, and as someone who does resiliency research, you know, I actually like the, the, the flexibility of working from home, but I, I also believe in the sense that we need a, a greater sense of peer to peer connection to grow. So I use that as just an example to kind of to segue into as human beings, the, the research in resiliency, which is not just the ability to get knocked down and get back up, but to withstand all the speed, the pressure, the stress, and really be able to shuck it off be almost immune to it. And so if you look at the research, there are four primary mindsets that elicit the strongest resilient response. And they are a sense of commitment. And, you know, every, every thought leader in the world talks about commitment, purpose, passion, and they should because it's an incredibly paramount importance. But then, it, but then they often leave it with, you know, you just get out there and do that, you know, so, but as a, as a, as a researcher, as a tactical guy, I thought, I've always thought, you know, we need to go deeper and help people understand what that looks like in their life. So, for example, in resiliency research, we say that commitment means that you look at your daily life as meaningful and worth interesting and worth your investment, full commitment. So meaningful, interesting and worth your full effort. And so if that's how we measure commitment. So oftentimes people think I just have this passion in life and I need to pursue it, but then they end up finding themselves sometimes mysteriously unmotivated. <laughs> and I think that often comes back to this idea of, you know, it's not about goal is incredibly important to define it, but each day we have to live in a way and especially think in a way that keeps us motivated. And so that first mindset of commitment of being, of seeing your life as meaningful, interesting, and worth your total investment. Full investment is one of the key mindsets. Chris, jump in if you want me to, uh, if you have a question, but uh, you know, I'm really passionate about this and I'll go on and on if you don't. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's okay. You, because resilient is really like your superhero kind of cape, you could say. And it's a, it's a way that all of us can be able to 
be resilient, but by having commitment, right? That's where it starts. But it's hard for a lot of people and that, and they, and they reset into, it's just too much. It's hard, right? And so, and then there's a, you know, you get flapping in the wind and a lot of uh, financial villains come in the way and try to get you off. So you had four things. So you had commitment and then this is to, you know, get your resilience on, right? Yeah. So that way, okay, let me just define resilience for you a little bit better. So most people think of resilience as, you know, Rocky Balboa, you know, you get knocked down, you get back up, right? No matter, you keep getting back up. And that's a part of it, right? But there's another boxer called George Foreman, who people could hit him with a freight train and it wouldn't bother him. Mm. And I think it's that solidity, you know, that emotional and strength, that perception that makes you almost invulnerable is to me, I think what's most valuable because People will get knocked down and and they'll, you know, most of the people that, you know, you and I work with, they'll get back up. But how can we make it to where they they absorb less of the stress, that they can walk through the headwind faster, easier and and actually enjoy it more? So uh, that your comments directly tie into that second concept of resiliency, and that's a sense of control. The highest levels of burnout come in people who feel like that if they work at something, it won't make any difference. So the people who are really resilient in their mind, in their heart, they believe that if they work at something, they stick with it, they will be successful, that their effort is worthwhile. And I think that's a real challenge for financial professionals because, you know, there's so many things that are outside of your control and your client's control, but you as an expert have a path that people can follow, that they can, they can establish through your experience and expertise, a sense of control. And that you know that over there's going to be dips, uh, peaks and valleys, but over time, this has been shown to work no matter what, if we stick to the path. So I feel like even in this financial space where there's so much volatility, it's crucial for a person to believe that they, in the long term, they really are in control of their own financial health. And I think that's key for, but I think it also happens in all the other aspects of our life. You know, I mean, I have two teenage daughters. And I, you know, I can tell that I can tell you that I often feel completely out of control of what's going on for them in their life. Right. You know, um, but what I also know is, is that if, you know, if I work in within what I have control over my thoughts, my actions, my support, then I believe that I can help them reach their level of success to the point that where I'm capable. So just falling into what you actually is within your sphere of control is crucial to, uh, emotional health, and also that resilient motivation. That is so true. And I I like that you brought in the financial services because, you know, I deal in that so much. And that's the problem that people have is that, and and it really, you could health as wealth. You can apply it to everything where you feel like everything is out of control. The way the world is going is out of control. The way the financial system is out of control. Really, what, because it is changing before people's eyes, but nobody really understands it's because, you go to school, you learn how to make money, you get out of school. What do you do? Go make money and give it to somebody else to gamble. Then it's like a roulette wheel. Will it be up or down when you retire? And they don't know about safe money. They don't know about being in control or being committed to, to a plan. And it's not taught. This is not taught. This should be taught. This resiliency and isn't just like getting back up after you get punched. I really, I'd like you to elaborate on that because I pull it back so people can Okay. Okay. I'm going to be resilient. Well, how do you, how do you be resilient? Right. 
Yeah. So this idea of resiliency is, is kind of like the topic of like leadership. There's so many definitions, uh, you know, and yeah. it encompasses such a broad topic. So I like to really narrow it down for hardworking adults, right? So like I mentioned, you know, getting punched, knocked down and getting back up. That's just part of life. The better you are at that, the more successful you will be. But at the end of Rocky's fight, he won. But did you see his face? <laughs> I mean, it's not <laughs> right. good, right? Yeah. So George right. Foreman, you could hit him with a brick and he's going to, he's just going to flinch you know, where it would crush most of us. But see, he will also knock people out with a glancing blow. I mean, his power was so strong. And I think that's what these mindsets give us. It's kind of like an internal strength that makes us um, more, we can withstand more, absorb less. And I think that's what's most crucial in, in today's world, in all of life, but especially when you face a lot of uncertainty and change. So I really try to get people to think about it to like um, one of my uh, nephews plays a lot of video games and I was watching him play one of his best favorite video games and he kept getting these little heart shaped symbols. And I was like, what are those? He goes, those are my uh, health boosters. And he goes, the more of those I get, the, the less people, if I get shot, it doesn't zap my energy as much. And I was like, that's what my mindsets are. They're like, they give you a greater shield, more internal energy. I don't know. I'm probably going off the rails, but no, it okay. just... It really is about internal strength. Yeah, practical applications that that you engage in, or are you so set now that it's just automated inside of you? Because the amount of noise and bombardment that we get during the day, it's pretty easy to get off and go down the wrong rabbit hole. Yeah, you know, so <laughs> I speak all the time, right, yeah. on these topics. And uh, I, I, make a, uh, I make a statement in the first part of my presentation where I say, you know, um, I'm not the sage from the stage. I'm not the guru who's never made a mistake. As a matter of fact, about every six months or so, I become the person I aspire to help. <laughs> right. 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 But then right. I also get to listen to all my own presentations, which is helpful. But the point really is, is that we all have these like these patterns are built in in our American working culture that can easily sabotage the most type A, diligent, strong person. You can find yourself in a bad pattern. Right. But if you find yourself in that pattern, how do you respond? And so I think my mindsets, these four, not my mindsets, these four resiliency mindsets really give people a way to get refocused. So I would say you could ask yourself the question of like for commitment. Do I believe that my personal life is meaningful? How meaningful is it? Right. Do I believe that my life is interesting? Do I approach my day as it's this is interesting, you know, with a sense of curiosity or a sense of cynicism or just total fatigue, disengagement? And do you look at your life as this is really worth my effort? And if you don't feel that way, it's time to journal. It's time to talk with someone. It's time to get those things solidified because that's where a lot of internal motivation and strength comes from. And and also, too, like on the second point that we've gotten to on this idea of control, right? So do you, so if I was interviewing you and you were having a lull in your motivation, I would say, do you believe that if you put your sincere effort into this, you have a great chance of being successful? Do you believe that? And if they hesitate, then that's when you got to dig in and get to work, because the more you hesitate on that, the lower your motivation is. So those are just the first two, but I, I really feel like the, the application of this is pretty big. I've got tons of research and stories and case studies that support these ideas, support these four key ideas. But I think just like, you know, in a quick format like this, 
If you can ask yourself the question, these questions that I just mentioned, they really help you focus, I think, on what will get and keep you motivated. All right. So we have commitment, control, and, and number three. <laughs> number three is, a, is what they call a challenge mindset. Okay. So in life, yeah, in life, do you view challenges, difficulties, stressors as a pain in the backside or a threat to your standing? Or do you look at them as a normal part of life that often helps you grow? A lot of people talk about that, but here's the problem is, is that whenever you are under a, whenever anyone reaches a certain level of stress, their mindsets can become distorted. It's called cognitive distortions. And what happens is you become more fearful. You start to isolate yourself. You become more selfish. You used to become more risk averse. You just start to close yourself up. And when you do that, your thinking goes off this, off the rails. So what I want people to realize is, is that if they, if they, if you start to look at difficulties or challenges or frustrations kind of cynically, then you are falling victim to these distortions and they're zapping your energy and health and quality of life. So anytime you feel yourself that way, you have to, here's the question to ask yourself is difficulties and change normal in today's life in, in life in general over the ages? Of course, of course right. it is. All right. And then I say, okay, but then do you, in your life, how often has stressors, frustrations, challenges really sabotaged you? Or how often have you come out of that better? And it's just a framing mechanism to get people to realize that don't forget your history. You know, you've done well before and you'll do well again if you embrace this situation. Right. And you know, the, there's a combination because you could have one thing that, you know, no problem. You get challenged and it's like just water off the back. But there's certain things like I had some very close to me that m- might have a bad medical problem, right? Something that, ooh, you really have no control over. And you can take whatever scenario, whether if it's health or wealth, a lot of people are, what is it, 61% are living paycheck to paycheck right now? Right. Mm-hmm. Half of baby boomers don't have anything safe. Hmm. Does that give you a little bit of stress or can you ride the top of the wave and see it as a blessing and, and, and get to a higher level on it? Right. Well, Congress once again allowed itself to be pushed into appeasing the administration and raising the debt ceiling for the 79th time paving the way for continued reckless spending and further devaluation of the dollar. As our national debt continues to skyrocket, how are you protecting your savings? Times like these are a great reminder to diversify a portion of your savings into gold. And you can do it with the help of Birch Gold. And here's the easiest way to do it. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. You don't pay a penny out of pocket. As BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa band together against the dollar, more and more central banks are diversifying. You know what they're buying? Gold. Follow their lead and visit Birch Gold backslash money 911 for your free information kit on gold. There's no obligation, just information. With an A-plus rating with a Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers, 
Birch Gold can help protect your savings too. Visit Birch Gold backslash money 911. Take action today. There are situations that are outside of your control that can have a real significant impact on you, like a medical issue or the the economic system swinging down, you need to retire. There's many things like that. But what you have to realize is that your perception of that situation is going to drive not only how you feel and your motivation, but your physiological health. So it's crucial for you to go back to this idea that, you know, stress, challenge, frustrations, those things are normal. It's normal. And when I really look at it, I can make progress in my life even now and I can grow. Right. And so that's got to be your focus, because otherwise it becomes cynicism, anxiety, depression and then burnout. And and that's a that's a difficult cycle that you don't want to be in. So another way, though, I think that if you look at the value, I think, of experts like in financial services is that they have been there and done that most of the time. They've seen it. Right. So you will be able to say to your customers to help them get this challenge mindset, you could say, you know, this is a bad situation. I mean, it is what it is. But let me tell you what I've learned about this in the past. Let me tell you what's happened about with this in the past. Let me tell right. you about the what we've done to help people feel more in control and grow from this. So right. I think those kind of relationships are crucial. Absolutely. And, and that's the same basis that I built my business on. When I say healthy money, happy life, it's when things are in order, it does give you peace of mind. And when you understand, you know, that, hey, you can create income you'll never outlive. How about tax-free? And nobody even knows about that concept that the risk, they're more in the risk mode of, you know, almost gambling kind of. And they're not taught about, like, safe money. So that applies to money, but it also applies to health and it applies to to the mindset. So what I want to ask you is what's your favorite, you could say magic trick or a way for leaders to boost their engagement, keep the party going, keep it up right when the pressure's on. Oh, like in an organizational format? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, the reality of this is, is that most working professionals are intelligent and they're going to see through things that aren't real. So I'm a big believer in addressing people in a way that is honest, open, authentic, because otherwise you can have the best strategy in the world and it's going to fall flat. So I also try to get leaders to consistently open their conversations, their presentations, um, their one-on-ones with context. You know, and what that what I'm talking about here is a shared sense of commitment, number one, right? So for instance, you could say, you know, here at ABC, we believe in this and that's why we do this. And that's how you're a part of this, you know, and, and do you feel that way? And then, you know, to get them to really connect this idea of what this shared sense of commitment is for. When people start to become disengaged, it's usually because they, their leaders have lost their trust or there's, they work, they're working too much. There's too much uncertainty. They, they start to doubt their ability of, to control, to, to be successful, you know, and those things can really damage engagement. So if someone doesn't feel like the commitment is real, they don't feel like they have control over their own success, if they feel like every every stressful situation is a threat to their job or their standing versus a challenge that they will be supported in, 
it makes a big difference. And I mean, I think those are key. Like I just did, and you helped me with this. Uh, I did a research uh, study on financial advisors and I had a huge survey. It was great. It turned out fantastic. I was connecting to work engagement, how engaged you are in your work and resiliency, these four mindsets. And what I found was, is that the ability of the most highly motivated people in this survey had the highest, also had the highest levels of internal resiliency. And I just believe that in today's world of change, the more your mind can prepare you, create the right perceptions, the more prepared you will be as a leader, as an investor, as a, as a family member. Absolutely. You know, I wrote a song about it called The Power of Purpose, and that's the commitment. And I know for myself, you know, I'm working retired, so I don't have to. But this commitment or this purpose of, hey, I see millions of little sheepies about to go off a cliff and nobody's telling them. They're saying, you know, turn on cable news and it's like, everything's fine. Just keep going that way. And everybody's just walking off a cliff and they are not aware of that because they're not being taught that. And it's not a negative thing. It's just make a turn, you know, make a change and pay attention because things are moving fast. And you're going to look up and and these things are going to be different, whatever level we're talking about, right? So that purpose gives you the commitment and the resiliency. And then your challenges, I, you know, I always say everything's a blessing, right? You know, when you look at everything that's happening, there's always a good thing that comes from it. I was on another show the other day and someone was interviewing me. What would you say to your, your old self, right? Your young self. And it really was like, I just look at the camera and go, stop worrying. And I'm talking to myself, right? Everybody. Mm-hmm. Stop worrying. Whatever I was worried about, you know, yesterday or five weeks ago, I don't even remember, right? And so mm-hmm. all, all of that life, when I look back of things that maybe I would regret, now I can look at it as a blessing because now I know how to do it. But I spent a lot of time worrying and none of the things really ever even happened, right? So true. It's so true. You know, we, uh, and that in itself is one of those cognitive distortions, right? Right. We become so focused on, um, where we are and what may happen in our immediate future that we lose the fact that to be present, to be fully present in the moment yes. and realize, see, like that's a really interesting prompt. You know, that question of what would you tell your younger self? Right. I mean, I would just go back and tell my younger self, say, listen, relax. You don't know enough yet. Just keep growing. Try to grow. Try to grow. Try to learn and grow. Learn and grow. And when you you get knocked down, get back up, learn and grow, right? And so, I mean, if I could go back and teach myself those four mindsets, yeah, I would have, it could revolution, it would have revolutionized my life because it would have eliminated a lot of worry. It would have definitely put me in a place to where I would have felt a lot more in control of my life. I would have been much more resilient to and less fearful of change and challenges. And then the fourth piece is uh, a sense of community, a sense of shared, uh, a sense of a shared purpose, right? And right. I would have told myself to fully embrace the people I'm with, yes. you know, because yes. I was one of those kinds of people that just put my head down and go. And my mm-hmm. brother was, he always says, Andy, he goes, I, I really, I really respect your dedication, but sometimes you'll run over things to get to where you want to be. And that I didn't realize that, (laughs) you know, so um, I know. Yeah. So, but I, I I didn't connect with the people in people in my spheres of connection as much as I should have. 
I should have built more mentors. I should have tried to mentor more people. I should have developed more peer uh, peer relationships, people who do the kinds of work that I was doing at the time. I really should have done that because, you know, now as I look at the research on what creates this resilient person, that sense of community is so crucial. So like the question I would ask someone if they were struggling, I would say, okay, so what tribes are you a part of? Right. So for me, I'm a part of my um, my little core family, my Mm -hmm. extended family. And also, I think my fellow speakers, that family and then also my family of people who just want to grow as a working adult. Right. Right. So I would I would think about those. Yeah. And I would grow those. So I just it's really important because what we find, especially now in today's world where working from home, which is a fantastic thing. But, you know, people in the the latest research on working from home says that people say they're happier when they're working from home. But they also are reporting higher levels of anxiety, burnout and depression. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's a bit of a disconnect there. Yeah, a bit. And I think I know for myself, just the comparison between, you know, being in a little silo for the last few years, right, in the pandemic scenario. And then I, you know, started going out speaking again. I had some I'm going, in fact, I'm going in a few weeks to Dallas to speak, but it's been a few years. Mm-hmm. And I could not tell you how wonderful it is to see people and hug them and look them in the eyes. I'm looking at this little plastic camera with lights around it. You know, I mean, I see you, but of course, a community, and we can still have community even in lockdown, right? We still hung together and developed a lot of different communities, but there's nothing like that. And it's so important, even just to have a community that you might give back to. Because I found, you know, Andy, I found maybe about halfway in my business, you know, I have a successful business, a legacy wealth strategist, and we've made over 6,000 living trusts and never lost a dime in the stock market. So we're doing this safe money conversation, which most people don't know about. Very successful, but about mid part of my life, it was like, okay, you can only drink one cup of tea at a time. So when I shifted the business from getting for myself or my family into a bigger, how can I give back to the community? And how can I take what I've learned and create the missing educational, the financial literacy? So I've created programs called Create Income You'll Never Outlive and things that people don't know about. So that's given me now an extended purpose. So now my longevity might have gone from 100 to 120, right? <laughs> In good health. But that's true, the importance of community. It, it, it does seem to tie together with commitment, doesn't it? It does. That's a great, that's a great, um, that's a great real, or that's a great point because it does. Community can be just about support. It can also, community can be about co-learning and, and mastermind and mentorship, but it also is about a shared purpose. And that's where right. it can get really, I think sometimes it always doesn't always have to be that way, but in certain cases have a shared purpose and a sense of communities and, incredibly powerful. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing. You know, and if you really, if you look at, um, I'll give you an example of how the, there's the connection between your mindset and your health, these mental resiliency connections. There's a couple studies I'm going to tell you about. One is a study of POWs. So they had done, um, research on these service people that went overseas, were in war, got captured and were significant prisoners of war. And when they brought them back, they did a DNA analysis. And what they're doing is they're measuring what's called telomere length. So our right. DNA strands, 
the shorter they are, that's a sign of aging when they get shorter. And so they were measuring these telomere lengths for these POWs. And those that had a higher mental resiliency score were far more resistant to the high stress of being a prisoner of war. And so the, what, how, we, how we, I could sum this up is that when they came back from being a POW, some of them tested out at an age of, let's say, 70, and they were 50. And the people that had higher mental resiliency tested, that were 50 tested out at 50. Right. So it's a very protective thing when you can develop this internal resiliency. Yeah. Yeah. Invaluable. It's invaluable, really. It's invaluable. The other study has to do with, I think you mentioned health, because I think that's a really important one to address, Mm -hmm. because that's something that oftentimes is out of our control. So they did a study on moms whose children had been diagnosed with uh, stage four cancer. Mm. And it's the worst nightmare I could think of. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. And they measured their resiliency and the moms who had higher internal mental resiliency had no or had little or no signs of PTSD where the other moms had significant PTSD. Now, I'm not saying that these four mindsets are the ultimate cure for everything, but I do believe that, you know, focusing on them and improving your sense of clarity around those four simple kind of premises or orientations can really make a difference in not only your success, but your health. Absolutely. Health is wealth. And what good is wealth if you don't have your health, right? (laughs) Perfect. Well, you've got some award-winning books and, and they're a testament to your expertise and, and, you know, what you talk about is so important. What I want you to do is just give the audience a little tantalizing glimpse onto what you're working on or how you can, you know, what you've done can serve as a guiding light so people can wrap around, not just have the con- conceptions of these things, but the practical applications. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, th- yes, absolutely. And that's something I've worked really hard on. Um, my book that I published is Change Your Day, Not Your Life. And right. I'm really proud of that book because it gives the daily strategies on thinking and living that help you build your internal resilience, but your wellness, your well-being as well. And I also have been a professional speaker for 26 years. And I often speak to various groups about how they can improve their resiliency, their happiness, their motivation. And then also on my website, if they're interested at andycore.com, there's a newsletter that I provide. And in the short term, I'm going to, I'm going to provide a way for people to do a resiliency assessment and get specific advice on how they can improve their own resiliency. That's great. And, you know, you're willing to share what you've learned, right? And help people along the way. The information overload is, I think, really hard. Okay. I mean, you know, especially now that we're kind of tied to devices. I mean, even though it's not, and I don't want it inside of me. Okay. But it is kind of like we are androids. And I mean, you're always attached to your phone. And so how do you filter out all the noise and focus on what really truly matters? Yeah. So that creating, um, I forget who, who named it this, but uh, an expert named this kind of as white space in your life. Uh-huh. You know, is that you have to create these these little white spaces. Otherwise, you'll never you'll never get time to sit and contemplate and think things through and regain perspective. And my favorite ways to do that are number one is to go outside into nature, yeah, and right. that helps me clarify my mind and my attitude. Honestly, more than anything else. Right. Uh, I also journal a lot. Like most experts, you know, we always talk about journaling, right? But it's because it works. 
Uh, and then my last piece too is that I also believe in meditation. You know, we've got to create some white space for our brains to kind of unravel all these thoughts and quiet it down so that way we can kind of ground ourselves. So I'm a big believer in nature, journaling, and meditation, which is not a super original concept. <laughs> <laughs> not original, but it is practical and it works. You know, sometimes I'll just go outside and take my shoes off and stand on the grass, ground out. And I was always told, you know, take five, meaning just take time after work and just, and I literally started doing this after my husband passed and I was, he kept telling me, just, just take five minutes, you know, cause it was work, 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 work. And I really wanted to tune into the spirit. So I started doing that where I just, after work, I'd sit there and be still, let go, let God, right? And just absolutely listen. And what would happen is those things would be coming out of my mind, right? All the things of the worry and the doubt, and I get my next instructions or just get a little more peace. And it'd be like, reset, all brand new, come back again, right? Didn't have to be any kind of, you know, omen out or, you know, any kind of official kind of meditation, right? But it's just, you know, a prayerful attentiveness. I just take a deep breath in through the nose, out through the mouth, right? So you can, you could start real simple, but it works. It really does work. Yeah. You know, again, tell everybody where they could get your book again. So yeah, the book is Change Your Day, Not Your Life. Uh, like and it, it, yeah. you can get that anywhere books are sold. <laughs> okay. Um, All right. There you go. Yeah, I, I have a publisher, so I don't sell it through my website. So okay. um, any favorite, favorite bookstore. Any favorite books. And you have an audio one too? Yeah, there's an audible for it as well. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, on my website, I've done a ton of videos that are short clips on, on you know, these basically these ideas and how to implement them. Uh, you know, uh, just to give you a little teaser, one of my favorite concepts that I'm working on right now is this idea of how many emotions do we really have? And researchers have recently narrowed it down to four. And so like there's mad, glad, sad, or um, scared, right? Those are the four, right? And so when someone feels like if someone says, Andy, I feel so overwhelmed, I say, overwhelmed is not an emotion. Which one of those is it? Are you mad, glad, sad, or scared? Mm. And that has been a great way for people to clarify their thinking. So anyway, that's Ooh, the that's kind of things good. that I'm doing. Oh, that's so good. Because overwhelmed is almost like the excuse, right? Because Yeah, cause it's, it's, it's a weasel word. It's you know? a weasel word. Good. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Yeah. Very cool. Dr. Andy Gore, I really appreciate you. And just maybe, you know, you, even your last name, Core, right? Maybe you could just give us a core something for people to take away from today. <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll just pass along one. This okay. is an original to me, um, but it's, it's my, it's my core belief. It's my core mantra, or as we say in Arkansas, a mantra. And it's real simple <laughs> is that if you, if you, each day you wake up, the most important thought of your day is your first thought. And because it sets the tone, it creates a momentum for your entire day. So my first thought is serve, not shine. And I think that's a great way to start your day, any important conversation, or anytime that you have an important interaction with someone, if you lead with, I'm going to here to serve, not shine, it'll, it'll help you. Amen. That's beautiful. That I actually do the same thing. I actually, before I even get to that part, when I wake up, I think of 
what I'm grateful for. So I get into that, you know, get that energy going and then, you know, and then service. That's it right there. You got it. I really, really appreciate talking to you too. And again, it's my pleasure, Chris. I really, this has been a great convo. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much here. I would just, We'll have to come back and, you know, break it apart and, and drill down a little bit more inside of it because it's, it really is enlightening and can really help people, you know, you know, soar on the top of the wave as they go through life. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it, uh, I think the combination of being a, having trusted advisors like you in people's lives and, and then working on their own mental resiliency is a one plus one equals three kind of connection. There you go. Exactly. All right. Andy, thanks so much. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. And there you have it, my fellow financial warriors, another enlightening episode of Money 911. I hope you're as inspired as I am to conquer the challenges of high demand and emerge victorious. As always, if this episode has empowered you and lit a fire under your financial goals, please do us a favor. Smash that like button, share it with your tribe, and leave a comment with your biggest takeaway. Remember, together, we're unstoppable. And a colossal thank you to our incredible guest, Dr. Andy Kaur, for sharing his wisdom and guidance on thriving in high-demand environments. Connect with him on social media, grab his book, and watch your journey to success take flight. And for more financial wisdom and adventures, stay tuned for our next episode. We've got an arsenal of knowledge ready to unleash, so don't miss out. Until next time, keep thriving, keep learning, keep conquering your financial dreams. And there you have it, my fellow financial warriors, another enlightening episode of Money 911. I hope you're as inspired as I am to conquer the challenges of high demand and emerge victorious. As always, if this episode has empowered you and lit a fire under your financial goals, please do us a favor, smash that like button, share it with your tribe, and leave a comment with your biggest takeaway. Remember, together, we're unstoppable. And a colossal thank you to our incredible guest, Dr. Andy Kaur, for sharing his wisdom and guidance on thriving in high-demand environments. Connect with him on social media, grab his book, and watch your journey to success take flight. And for more financial wisdom and adventure, stay tuned for our next episode. We've got an arsenal of knowledge ready to unleash, so don't miss out. Until next time, keep thriving, keep learning, keep conquering your financial dreams. There's so much to learn about healthy money. I hope today's discussion brings you one step closer to securing and protecting your future. So you can get started on the right foot, go to meetwithchrismeller.com and schedule your free financial fitness strategy session. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to Money 911. 
so you don't miss our next episode, which includes health, wealth, and peace of mind.